Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks. As always, it's just a great privilege, just an honor to be able to come across your airways with this podcast. And uh, you folks are the folks that keep us going. It's great to be able to do a devotion with you guys every single morning. Uh, it's just a great blessing. We're looking forward to when we can do more of this uh, and meet you guys and uh, we can all be together. Make sure you go out and uh, say a prayer for us this morning as you're listening to this. We're at Southland Christian Cramp in Ringgold, Louisiana, and we sure could use your prayers and um, know that we pray for you when we get the opportunity. With me, as always, my friend Stephanie. Good morning, Stephanie. Good morning, Doug. And we're cruising along, Stephanie, here in the book of Proverbs, and we made it down Proverbs 14, and we're in 24. Before we get there, we have this segment, Things That Make Us Right With God, uh, things that we can say or do to help people with hurting hearts or PTSD, and, and it's my turn. And I think one of the biggest things we can do, Stephanie, is flash somebody a smile. You know, a smile is that international symbol of, it's all right, you know, good mm -hmm. to see you. Whatever, whatever that smile means, it works, you know. I don't know what it is, but, you know, when I see people from church, when I see people uh, even in life and they flash me a smile, it always makes me kind of smile back even if my heart's hurt, and even, if, even if it's a bad day. So things that you can do that are right with God is flash people a smile. You know, it's not only smile with your, your lips or your face, but smile with your heart. Just be glad to see people. Flash them a smile. Uh, just love on them. And then things we can say or do with people with PTSD or hurting hearts is flash them that smile and run over and grab them by the poor. Pull pores with them. P-A-W-S. I say pores and I know it sounds like P-O-O-R-S. That New England accent still messes me up, Stephanie. I'm just being honest with you. All these years, <laughs> it's stuck with me. I, yeah, I heard um, Louisiana come out. Yeah. It's like a generational sin up there. Oh, no. <laughs> I got to get rid of it. I, I No, I'm not picking anybody from the Northeast. It's not a generational sin. I'm only picking. I'm only making a joke, and it wasn't even a good one. And uh, uh, But listen, folks, I think, honestly, a smile, a handshake, uh, a hand on the shoulder, I don't, you know, those things make a difference, Stephanie. I mean, they can lift your day up. Mm, it's very true. And uh, so be a day lifter, be that person that's going to make a difference. And boy, even little people can do that. I, uh, you know, Emmy's a smiler. Your kids are smilers. And uh, boy, smiles can lift you up. Smiles can take you to places. Even, even when you're down, you know, a smile can turn that frown upside down. I had to get there, you know, I didn't know how I was going to get there, but I had to turn that frown upside down in the talk here. So today, turn your frown upside down. Stephanie, we've been going through the book of Proverbs, and over and over again, we're looking at the difference of wisdom and folly, of prudency and foolishness. 
uh, being prudent, being foolish, whatever the case may be. I think Proverbs has a way of etching itself into our minds, even though at times it seems, you know, if we're not careful when we study the Bible, we can say, boy, this is monotonous. There's a lot of things, you know, like right now I'm going through the book of Numbers as part of my daily Bible study. So I'm going through the book of Numbers on one side. I'm going through Psalms. I'm going through the book of John. And a lot of times in the book of Numbers, I'm missing out on just the, the glory of the book of Numbers and just who's in charge of whom and what name and the persons there. But that gives us the lineage of us and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, you know, sometimes if we're not careful, we can get caught up and say, boy, this part of the Bible in me, we really, now the the whole word of God is inspired. The whole Mm -hmm. word of God will help us and edify us. And uh, I I caught a name uh, this morning reading the Bible. I, I, you know, a name came out in my mind and I'm like, man, that's a, that's a person that made a difference or that's a be, be listening, be reading, be loving. It makes a big difference and it makes us happy. So as we look at the difference and going around with that ADHD side of me and, and Proverbs 14 and talking about the difference between prudence, uh, wisdom, if you, as, as you will, and folly or foolishness and, and, uh, and how we can apply those, how those things can stick in our lives. And I think that's what Proverbs has for each and every one of us. I believe that's what God has for us. And so here we are. We're in chapter 14. We're on verse number 24 in the book of Proverbs. And it says, The crown of the wise is their riches, but the foolishness of the fools is their folly. And, and so right away it's, it's talking about um, – you know, I think Sol- we know that Solomon wrote this book, and he- he's smart enough to know that you know that riches uh, comes with a crown. It- it's a great crown to have. It's a great blessing to have, and a crown is evidence to people. So when you use the example of a crown. When somebody's wearing a crown, you can pick them out. You know, hey, that person's got a crown on. I, I don't know, Stephanie, if you guys ever did this as kids, but, you know, we'd go see the king on, like, our birthdays. We'd go see Burger King, you know. And on your birthday, if it was your birthday day when you were a kid, they had these cardboard crowns that you, you could put together and you could adjust it, you know, kid, adult, ultra size adult, and then taping it on for the people with the really big noggins. But do you remember those crowns from Burger King? Yes, I do. And boy, everybody could tell it was your birthday. Everybody knew that you were emulating the king, you know, Burger King. His, his, you know, the food wasn't fit for a king, but we would wear those crowns. Well, in this example, it's talking about the crown of the wise here. It's talking about how it's their riches. So Solomon's saying, boy, the, the crown of the wise, you, you, there's a crown that people can see when you're wise. People see that. They know that. But the foolishness of fools is folly. So, Stephanie, we're, we're, we're looking at this verse, and we're talking about two examples, the person with the crown and, and, and then the folly. And what do you see? How are we getting there? Well, I think um... – this isn't talking about, yes, there, there are wise people. And, and I suppose you could, um, you could say this is talking about mon- mon- money. And I think in some senses it will with some people that will be the way, you know, their wisdom will be displayed. Um, but I think the riches here go way deeper Yeah. in the, of this is, you know, when I think of, um, what a crown is, in other words, it sets you apart. It makes you stand out as royalty. And um, we should be known. We should be set apart. We should stand out as children of the King of Kings. And the fact that that should, that should mean that we are characterized by wisdom. 
the wisdom that is from above, that is pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. That is what should define us. And if that wisdom is what's defining us, there will be riches. There will be um, supernatural riches that you can't even begin to imagine if you have chosen to let, you know, to let Jesus crown you with who he is. Yeah. But if you choose to be foolish, um, if you choose to um, refuse knowledge, refuse instruction, um, but be governed by your flesh, be governed by um, your lower nature, you're going to have nothing. It says, the foolishness of fools is folly. It's emptiness. It's vanity. Yeah. Solomon knew this, you know, Solomon had been on both sides of the fence and he was the wisest man in the world and God had endued him with more wisdom than we can begin to imagine. Um, But then Solomon was led astray by um, his pagan wives and he knew what it was like to be sitting on the side of foolishness. He knew what that folly looked like. That's what a lot of Ecclesiastes tells us about that. And so when he wrote this, he knew he knew what this meant. He knew both sides of this. And so I think in, in as he's writing Proverbs here, Solomon's telling his son, you have to make this choice. Are you going to wear the crown of wisdom, which results in riches? Or are you going to end up with nothing? There it is. And, you know, it is a choice. It's a real choice, uh, you know. And I like that we're given a comparison of a crown. Uh, for wisdom here. And you can pick out wise people, can't you? You, you? There's always, you want that person to be the deacon. You want that person to be part of your employee. You want that person to think through things. You, And I think we've all been on the side of foolish. You know, everybody's there at some point. Everybody's played the fool, you know, somewhere in their life. And uh, But this is reminding us the crown of the, you know, the wise is the riches. And that same word for rich is the same word for prosperous in the Hebrew language that Joseph was a prosperous man. So it's so important to understand uh, that, you know, work, doing the right things, being wise. We go back to that other verse that we just came out of on yesterday's podcast about hard work, hard labor always pays off. And, uh, and here we are talking about the wisdom, you know, being riches and, and, and foolishness, being folly. And, it's, and both those things are multiplied in our lives and other people's lives. And, and then, Stephanie, it goes on here in 25, just adding to what you were just talking about. And it says, a true witness delivereth souls, but a deceitful witness speaketh lies. So it goes right on talking about what you were talking about, how that wisdom, how that riches comes through that. And then it gets to the point of talking about how, you know, wisdom is part of a true witness. So a true witness uh, at an everyday life level, somebody who tells the truth, it's a blessing. And, uh, you know, we're especially in a place, we live in a world today where false reports and lies and, you know, we watch it on the news, we hear it. And we, that's a lot of reason those of us listening and, and Stephanie and I aren't fixed on any news channel right now. And uh, But a true witness making a difference that can rescue souls, I think, but a, a deceitful person, you know, the end of that verse says so much, a dece- deceitful witness speaketh lies. So it's drawing this comparison again, Stephanie. It's always drawing a comparison, it seems like, between good and bad. 
And this one's a real big comparison change. It's a re really big. And I mean, what are you seeing here? There's a real big difference in this comparison. Yeah, verse 25 for sure gives us um, the idea. And I love the fact that it says delivering. Yeah. Uh, and delivering means you make the difference between a person ending up um, perhaps in bondage yeah. in some way and understanding that you, one person, one person being honest can make all the difference in the world. Yeah. Because it says you deliver souls. In other words, you are literally making a massive difference in someone's heart, their very soul, their very, that very essence of who they are. A true witness can make all the difference in the world to make that happen versus a deceitful witness speaking lies and the contrary being true. Instead of delivering, you're binding, you're shackling. And um, it's not always easy to be the true witness. It's not always easy to be the one to say, yeah, that really happened. It was, it was awful. It was wrong. But yes, it happened. Um, and, you know, this, when you're working with people who have been through trauma, this is hard. Um, sometimes the truth really, really, really hurts. Um, but I'm so thankful that we don't have to do this ourselves. You know, God empowers us to be the true witness. Yeah. And, and God is truth. You know, we, we just learned about in a couple of verses ago that mercy and truth shall be to them that devise good. And so when you have that combination of who God is, that mercy and truth combination, that is what makes you a true witness. And so whether we're, you know, sharing the gospel, whether we're helping and encouraging someone, be a true witness, speak yeah. the truth of, um, but be a true witness will be God's witness because a true witness is speaking truth who represents God, you know, God is truth. So um, just making this a, a desire of our heart that we take to the Lord and ask him to enable us to be the true witness he wants us to be so that we're a part of delivering, not a part of binding. Perfect. 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 And, you know, delivering souls. Uh, what a wonderful thing. What a great place to be. And, uh, but, you know, spreading lies, that's not a good place to be. Excellent, Stephanie. Excellent. And then we go on to that next verse, verse number 26. And it says, in the fear of the Lord is strong confidence and his children shall have a place of refuge. So right there, it's coming out and it says, in the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. So when you fear the Lord, trust the Lord, trust his precepts. When you do that, there's a refuge for your children. I mean, this is a pretty cool, straightforward verse here, Stephanie, but I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, um, my dad wrote a scripture song to these two verses years and years ago. And understanding that if we have a fear of God, if we have a reverence of him, um, it will give us, you know, in light, these two verses come after we've talked about wisdom versus foolishness, truth versus deception. And so as I look at these verses, understanding that when you have that fear of God, it will give you the confidence you need to speak the truth. It will give you the confidence you need to do what God wants you to do. And it says, and his children shall have a place of refuge. 
having that, I, I think of um, Psalm 91 and dwelling in the secret place of the Most High and abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. And so that idea that God is our safe place. And, you know, perhaps you've had to speak the truth and it didn't go well. Um, where you you know you led of God, you know you were clearly doing what he wanted you to do, and the end result kind of feels like, wow, lying would have had better human results. But no, taking taking that fear of the Lord and letting it be your strong confidence, it doesn't say in the fear of man. It doesn't say in the fear of what will happen if I tell the truth. It just says in the fear of the Lord. And understanding that 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 becomes a safe place. You don't have to look back with regrets if you've done what God wanted you to do. And that gives you strength to trust him again for the next the next battle of fearing God versus man or whatever. And so this is a beautiful, comforting verse. It is. And, you know, just those words, they they speak so much to me in the fear of the Lord is strong confidence and his children shall have a place of refuge. And having that place of refuge, having that place, uh, you know, we do pass on. We do pass on our godliness. We we are able to share the gospel with our children. You know, we don't. We can't pass on salvation to them, but there's a refuge they can go to. They know they can go to God. They know because of what we've uh, practiced in front of them, what we've showed them, where where we go, Stephanie, where where mm-hmm. we go, and you know. Um, and, and I like that so much. I, I love that. And in and, and strong confidence and his children shall have a place of refuge, that place that they can hang out, that place of safety, that place of godliness. And uh, such a great thing. Hey, listen, we got a song for you. Uh, we got a song for you that we did uh, about a lady who found her refuge, who found um, Touch the Hem of His Garment. Uh, just a beautiful song. We're going to go ahead. Stephanie's going to go ahead, and, and she's going to mute that. I'm going to go ahead and play this song for you. I think it fits perfect. It's one of our songs uh, from the first album, uh, Stephanie Wesco and Family, Steadfast in Trials. The name of this song is Touch the Hem of His Garment. search for the healing from my bleeding and pain in a crowd full of crying from the hurting and lame my eyes searched for the healer messiah el shaddai the hem of his garment. See the love in his eyes, a heart full of contrition. Christ for restoring of your heart, soul, and mind. 
Well, folks, touch the hem of his garment. He's waiting for you. We sure hope you have a great day today. If we could do anything to help you, please make sure you look for us on the Facebook page, Health for Wounded Spirits. Leave us a message out there. We'll get back to you just as soon as we can. Remember, next week, starting on Tuesday, we're going to be coming to you guys live from Southland Christian Camp, so you don't want to miss those podcasts. But we sure do love you, folks. We hope you have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth 
confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and He will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.